in his book, How to Win Seven Out of Eight Days a Week, Landon Saunders talks about walking on the beach one night, watching the stars come out. He says, I noticed a mother standing with her little girl. The little girl was looking up at the sky. The mother was looking at her watch. She said, Mary, it's getting late. We have to get back home. The little girl was just gazing up at those sparkling gems, Landon says, eons away, her mouth open and her eyes aglow. Finally, the mother insisted, "Mother, uh, Mary, we really have to go. The little girl looked at her mother and in a soft voice said, why? Her mother started to say something about dinner and the time and who knows what else when Mary raised her hand and pointed to the sky. But mommy, she said, look at them. And do you know, Landon says, that tired, fretful mother looked up and she too saw the awesome sight but this time through the eyes of her daughter. And I thought to myself, it's not as late as you think, my friend. It's not too late for you to see the sky. Well, the title of the section in that book was Taking Time for the Infinite. And Saunders goes on to warn his readers about the one-eyed monster sitting in their living rooms, distracting them, Little did he know that we would be carrying little one-eyed monsters around with us wherever we go. <clears throat> the uh, erudite cartoonist Bill Watterson um, <clears throat> says, uh, and Calvin is looking up and he says, Look at all the stars. The universe just goes out forever and ever. And then Hobbes says, Kind of makes you wonder why man considers himself such a big screaming deal. And then Calvin says, that's why we stay inside with our appliances. Well, I think Watterson and Landon Saunders are both uh, calling us to ponder the vastness and the beauty of creation and how we distract ourselves and to, really, to focus on what's really important. In Psalm 19, David says that when we consider the grand sweep of nature and behold the order and the beauty and the flow of creation, someone is talking to us. The heavens proclaim the glory of God and the sky above the firmament declares his handiwork, shows forth the work of his hands. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Yet their line, literally, um, I think that might mean a, a line of music, a chord. So this, you may be talking about music here, the sound of, of music. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. So the sky, the sun, the stars, and the galaxies announce the power and grandeur of God. And the regular flow of day to night to day announce his faithfulness. Our creator not only made the universe, he sustains and upholds it. 
It's amazing to me that the planet Earth uh, continues to orbit the sun. And it doesn't get pulled in, or does it break free? When we get away from the uh, city lights, we can see the uh, striking array of stars filling the sky at night, shining in the darkness, proclaiming the majesty of our Maker. Michael Novak said, not to wonder at such grandeur is to be half dead. And then uh, continuing with verse 4, in them, in the heavens, he has set a tent for the sun, which comes forth like a bridegroom from his chamber, rejoicing like a champion, an athlete in his prime to run his course. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit, its journey to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. So the sun rises like a bridegroom, leaving his room in the morning, beaming with delight. The sun is like an athlete who can't wait to exercise. To rejo he rejoices to run and to take on the day. The sun brings light from the east to the west, from horizon to horizon. His light shines and blazes out with the message of God's reality. Some things are so bright, we can't look at them. And the power of the sun pierces and penetrates. And it testifies to the transcending glory and sweeping power of God. Hebrews 3, 4 says, Every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. On January 15th, our resident astronomer, Paul Linus, uh, shared some pictures, some images that he had taken through his, his telescope. And I wanted to uh, share two or three of those with you. The first one is uh, the Crab Nebula. This is light 11 light years wide. It is the expanding remains of a supernova explosion in 1054 A.D., a core star remains, but it is so dense that one teaspoon of its material weighs several tons. Nehemiah 9, blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. And the second picture is the Ro-Ophiuchi region, 460 light years away. There's a, one bright star to the left of center, and that is Antares. And if you, would to, if you were to put our sun, if you were to put it where our sun is, then it would extend past the planet Mars. It's that big. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and star differs star in splendor. 1 Corinthians 15. And in the third image is the uh, North American and Pelican Nebulae. They're only 1,500 light years away. They are near the heart of the Milky Way. And the uh, North American 
Nebula is 100 light years across. Karen Oberg, who is a, an astronomy professor at Harvard, says this, the visible universe is about 93 billion light years across. Really an unfathomable distance. And however big the universe is, God is bigger. I wanted to share an excerpt from uh, Carl, uh, Peter Kreef's book, Ha! A Christian, uh, a, a Christian Philosophy of Humor. He says, here is the atheist Carl Sagan's answer to how to make an apple from scratch. First, create a universe. And then this from the family circus. Uh, the two children are standing there at the, at the window. God must have stayed up all night to make such a beautiful morning. When I was a, a graduate student taking theology courses, my professor got up one day and shared this the song that children sing. Climb up the mountain, point to the sun, notice the grasses, count every one, measure the rainbow, sail o'er the sea. God made the whole world lovely for me. Open your eyes, the birds sweetly sing. Open your ears, eyes, two wonderful things. Look all around you, beauty you'll see. God made the whole world lovely for me. And then this uh, is a very uh, old poem by Robert Frost, Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening. And Anthony Eslin, talking about this, suggests that the greatest works of art, quote, address an infinite mystery, whether of God or of man or of the created world. Even the world, we too often tend to reduce to matter, to what we can measure and quantify, infinitely overflows these bounds. So a beautiful short poem here. Whose woods these are, I think, whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near. Between the woods and frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. George Weigel has said that beauty moves us, it attracts us and enraptures us. And he says, God asks us to drink at the wellspring of beauty here and now in order to drink finally of his own ineffable and inexpressible and inexhaustible beauty in the new Jerusalem. And now to uh, Psalm 148. This may be divided into two sections, verses 1 to 6, uh, a call to praise God from the heavens, and in verses 7 through 14, a call to praise from the earth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. 
Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all stars of light. Praise him, highest heavens and the waters above the heavens. Now, not, this is poetry, obviously, and I've wondered some about the waters above. I noticed that in Psalm 103, uh, there's a parallel, it's parallel with clouds. So maybe that's what he's talking about. Maybe he's envisioning the, uh, like a, a, a celestial ocean, maybe around a stratosphere, a great treasury, a, a boundless source of life-giving water. All parts of creation are constructed, controlled, answerable to their maker, and called to worship by doing what they were made to do. And in verse uh, 5, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. And he established them, he set them in place forever and ever. He has made a decree which will not pass away. And then from heaven to earth, verse 7, praise the Lord from the earth, sea dragons, great sea creatures, and all deeps, the ocean depths. So from the heights to the depths. Fire and hail, snow and vapor, and it, it may be translated frost or mist or clouds or smoke, I'm not sure. Fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, winged fowl. And in verse 11, kings of earth and all peoples, princes, princes and all rulers of the earth, Young men and young women as well. The aged together with children. And the word aged there literally is old men. Um, somebody like me or, or Rayford. And then the uh, children. The children could be uh, Charles Adams, a.k.a. Charlie. Or George McIntosh Hilliard, Hilliard the sixth, a.k.a. Mac. Let's get that out. Let them praise the Lord, the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above the earth and skies. I'd like to uh, conclude with a song by John Denver. I, hopefully some of you know him or of him. It's called Singing Skies and Dancing Waters. I'm not sure, I'm not for sure who you wrote this for, um, but I'd like to think it was God. A prayer. Um, for, certainly he, he struggles with failure and loneliness and distraction and drifting and he longs for someone who won't forsake him. And so um, I'd like to kind of baptize this song this morning as, as a concluding prayer. So many years ago, I can't remember now, someone was waiting for me. I had the answers to all of my questions. Love was so easy to see, I didn't know. When I was younger, I should have known better. I thought that nothing was new. Through all the spaces and all of the changes, what I lost sight of was you. I didn't know. I didn't know I could see you in singing skies and dancing waters, laughing children, growing old, and in the heart and in the spirit, 
and in the truth when it is told. My life became shady and I grew afraid and I needed to find my way home. I just couldn't see you. I thought I had lost you. I never felt so much alone. Are you still with me? I'm with you in singing skies and dancing waters, laughing children, growing old, and in the heart, and in the spirit, and in the truth, when it is told. So God speaks to us through the beauty and order of creation. This is his good world, and we are not alone. And at such grandeur, we stand in awe, we bow in humility, and we worship in gratitude. But even more than in nature and the law of nature, God speaks to us through the truth of Scripture. And by the far greater gift of his Son, he makes us new creation through faith, repentance, baptism. And if we can assist anyone here today in coming to Christ, the Lord of creation, or if you want to become a member of the family here, we who are pilgrims on the way to the new heavens and the new earth, please come to the front, walk to the front now, as we stand and praise with the rest of creation, the one whose glory is exalted far above the earth and sky. Let us stand and sing.